Welcome to PsalmsCast. Today is the 8th day of December 2020. I am Denise. Come on in to a safe place and allow the power of God's Word to change everything. God loves each of us so very much. We all know the line from Romans 3.16, where Paul taught us this truth. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. God, in His mercy and His grace, sent Jesus, His only Son, into this corrupt, evil world with the expressed purpose to become a sacrifice for our sin. And no, Jesus did not come as a full-grown male. He came as an innocent, tiny baby. God hates sin period. And all of the people here on earth are sinners. Jesus came and lived that perfect life. Jesus lived the Ten Commandments, and he followed all the rules that God gave to Moses to teach the Israelites how to live rightly before him. What happened to Jesus as an adult is the greatest conspiracy of world history, and it took place And Jesus was arrested, tried, and convicted of crimes he did not commit. Jesus was crucified, and literally his blood was shed for our sin. He went to the cross, and he paid our sin. That is how, when we believe in him, we become acceptable to the living God. Praise you, God, for providing the solution so that we could be here today in your presence. Today I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, and our journey will take us through Psalm 8, Psalm 38, Psalm 68, Psalm 98, and Psalm 128. At the very end of today's podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, we are heading into Luke chapter 11, as we continue to seek understanding of the phrase heavy laden that Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. And again, I affirm that many of us have had our eyes open to the true meaning of what heavy laden really means this year. Let's take a brief moment just to center ourselves and invite the Lord to be our focus. Father in heaven, we come humbly here to seek you. We ask that you would pour into our life your truth. We are looking to you for hope. We are looking to you for peace and for joy, joy that is deep and meaningful. Open our hearts and open our minds to all that you have for us today. Allow our lives to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through your life-giving words. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 8, How Majestic Is Your Dame? A Psalm of David O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet 
You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 38 Do not forsake me, O Lord. A Psalm of David for the Memorial Offering O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength fails me. And the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stands far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man I do not hear, like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear, in whose mouth are no rebukes. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. For I said, only let them not rejoice over me, who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. But my foes are vigorous, they are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Psalm 68 God shall scatter his enemies. A Psalm of David, a song. God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so you shall drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. But the righteous shall be glad, they shall exult before God. They shall be jubilant with joy.
Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, rain in abundance. O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provide it for the needy. The Lord gives the word. The women who announce the news are a great host. The kings of the armies, they flee, they flee. The women at home divide the spoil. Though you men lie among the sheepfolds, the wings of a dove covered with silver, its pinions with shimmering gold. When the Almighty scatters kings there, let snow fall on Zalman. O mountain of God, mountain of Bashan, O many-peaked mountain, mountain of Bashan, why do you look with hatred, O many-peaked mountain, at the mount that God desired for his abode? Yes, where the Lord will dwell forever. The chariots of God are twice ten thousand, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belongs deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that you may strike your foot in their blood, that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from the foe. Your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers in front, the musicians last, between them verges playing tambourines. Bless God in the great congregation, the Lord, O you, who are of Israel's fountain. There is Benjamin, the least of them, in the lead, the princes of Judah in their throng, the princes of Zebulon, the princes of Naphtali. Summon your power, O God, the power, O God, by which you have worked for us. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts to you. Rebuke the beast that dwells among the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those who lust after tribute. Scatter the peoples who delight in war. Nobles shall come from Egypt. Cush shall hasten to stretch out our hands to God. 
O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God. Sing praises to the Lord. For he who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel, and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. Psalm 98 Make a joyful noise to the Lord, a psalm. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and all those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. A Song of Ascents Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord blesses you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Often I write notes of important things that I want to remember or to think about. I place them on the bathroom mirror, on the window above the kitchen sink, on the refrigerator door, and on the dash of my car. A couple years ago, I was reading a book that had a lot of powerful things that I wanted to be faithful about praying to the Lord. Areas in my life where I often stumble or am just a totally hot mess. Yes, I do have a lot of notes about, but these, I want to appear regularly before my eyes on my radar to prompt me into action. Yesterday, while I was working on studying for today's Going Deeper in God's Word, one of them popped up as a reminder in my notifications. At some point, I realized I had too many notes stuck to the wall, and I basically became blind to them. 
I just looked right past them as if they were not even there. That year, I worked on setting up recurring calendar reminders. The one that popped up today is this. Open our eyes, Lord, to the opportunities to be generous. And yes, in December, it's natural to think about ways to be generous to those in our life, to give a token gift of appreciation as well to people such as the guy who delivers the mail or somebody that we see regularly. But I think that it's more than that. And looking at Jesus' life, and especially the 3.5 years that Jesus was doing his earthly ministry, we saw him always being generous, period. He was generous with his time. He was generous with his power. We see that especially in how he would heal and not turn people away. He was generous with his knowledge of Father God, of how to live a life that was pleasing to God, how to have a relationship with the Father. Jesus taught us how to pray. Jesus modeled what it looked like to live a transparent life and to put self to the curb in order to serve God and God's purposes. And even when Jesus was tired, when it was inconvenient, and even unto death, Jesus was generous. So, today, my challenge to you is to consider asking the Lord to open your eyes to opportunities to be generous. Father God, we thank you for this time where we can come into your presence broken, needy, tired, and burdened. You welcome us all with all of our baggage, and you are here with us, watching over us, ministering to our challenges, refreshing us, offering us a better way of living here on this temporary journey to our forever home with you in eternity. At this time of year, normally we'd be focused on the upcoming holiday celebrations of Christmas and Hanukkah. Our minds would see the trappings of the holiday season and the songs, many of which remind us that you did an amazing miracle in order to draw us into a closer, more intimate relationship. We thank you for sending Jesus into our world as a baby innocent, tiny, and totally dependent on those around him. Though Jesus was God in the flesh, that flesh was just like us. And Jesus grew and matured just as we do into adulthood. We only have a small glimpse of Jesus as a boy recorded in your word. But even at a young age, Jesus understood that his purpose was to serve you, Father, Jesus knew that he was here on earth to point others to the truth of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for modeling how we are to live lives of obedience and lives of sacrifice. And honestly, Lord, we just don't know how to. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us and you get us. You have lived in our skin and you know it would be really easy to skip a step or omit something, but you instead were faithful to live rightly, 
because you understood what the Father's plan was for our life, and He provides everything that we need to accomplish this mission. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your Bible. We ask that you continue this work that you have begun in each one of us. We are hungry and we are thirsty for a relationship with the giver of life. Enable us to fully know, to fully comprehend, and fully receive all that you are placing before us this day. Holy Spirit, we humbly ask that you would be active in our lives, teaching us the stuff that we need to release and get out of our life today, that stuff that does not bring glory and honor to the Father. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I ask that you continue to pray for Peggy. Um, That shoulder is still giving her so much grief. And I know, I know that I know the Holy Spirit can do a supernatural healing of that tear and that He can restore. So let's continue to pray for Peggy and for her pain management. Now on a personal note, on Saturday night, I experienced a truly scary moment that was very reminiscent of my dad's final months on this earth. My dad had cirrhosis of the liver, not from alcohol consumption, but exposure to toxins at a young age and the toxins he dealt with daily as his chosen profession as a photographer. Yeah, back in the day before digital photography, photos were developed onto special paper with an assortment of toxic substances. And those of us who were really into photography set up developing rooms in our homes so we could do it ourselves. Cirrhosis of the liver is a final stage of liver disease. This means, in short, that the liver is dying. And as it dies, the toxins cannot be pulled out of your bloodstream and they circulate through the body. And yes, they do cross the blood-brain barrier and they cause all kinds of scary brain problems. One of the side effects that plagued my dad were muscle cramps in his leg in the middle of the night. I'm talking about those cramps that happen in the dead of the night that shock you out of sleep. If that cramp is in your calf muscle, it's often called a charley horse, but sometimes they happen in your foot or in your thigh. On Saturday, I woke up screaming as my thigh muscle spasmed out of control. This came and went for more than 10 minutes. It would not stop regardless of changing positions, massaging, and such. I finally had to get out of bed and limp about until it stopped. I spent that time assessing my body. Do I have a fever? No. Any chest pain? No. Do I have any injuries? No. Have I overused my muscles? Okay, maybe. Could I be dehydrated? Maybe. Remember that audacious goal that I set for myself to get out there and get moving and to get the three miles done by Saturday? Yes, I did 3.3 miles of walking on Saturday. It It wasn't fun and games as it was cold and breezy, but I felt fine afterwards. But later that evening, I noticed that my right foot felt bruised and I checked 
my shoes for a pebble. Nothing was there. Guess which leg was spazzing? The right one. While waiting for my body to calm down, I drank water and tossed down some supplements to help the muscle relax. Of course, I was wide awake at 3 a.m., so I started researching. So the results were, after the researching, was yes, night spasms can be a sign of increased liver dysfunction or dehydration or overuse or, or, or. Do I have cirrhosis? Not to my knowledge. However, my parents learned when they applied for a liver transplant for my dad that there is a precursor to cirrhosis. It is called fatty liver, basically the organ that God perfectly designed starts acting up. It starts storing fats instead of burning them. I was diagnosed with this condition about five years before my dad died. And I learned how to manage it through diet and exercise. About three years before my dad was told that he had less than a year to live, the people at Vanderbilt told him about the link between fatty liver and cirrhosis of the liver. My mom asked me if I understood that my condition could kill me. I did know. And I have been diligent to keep the weight off, to eat clean, and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Then COVID happened, and my bad choices happened. Goodness gracious. Friends, I have decided that nighttime muscle spasms in the thighs are frightful. And that next night, I I didn't want to go to sleep. I was concerned that I might have another episode. But with my dad... Those spasms only happened a couple times a month. Yes, I am still walking. I did take off Sunday as a rest day to assess the situation. My goal for this week is 10 miles. And no, I will not do it all in one day. Now for those who desire to go deeper into God's word, at the very end of the podcast today, we're heading over into Luke chapter 11, where Jesus had a word for those who placed burdens on our necks. We're continuing to drill down on the cross-references that Jesus speaks on from Sunday's reading. Now for those who would like to connect with PsalmsCast, I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you would like prayer, if you would like a Bible for yourself, For those in the United States, I invite you to call or text. The number is 470-240-1509. If you're not in the United States, I encourage you to use WhatsApp. It's like a texting program, but it's free and it's worldwide. That number for WhatsApp is 1-470-240-1509. You can also connect or message through social media. PsalmsCast is currently on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, and Parlor. In closing, remember this thought from today's reading in Psalm 68. Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God the Lord belongs deliverances from death. That's it for today. I'm Denise. I love you. I am praying for you. 
and God willing, I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Luke chapter 11. Wow, the adventures the Holy Spirit takes you on when you are open to diving deep and searching God's Word for understanding. The journey can be incredible. One verse about Jesus inviting those who labor and are heavy laden to put on His yoke has led us into the Old Testament last week, and we are now trekking through the New Testament. Often a yoke is seen as an object of oppression. That is why we heard Jesus rebuking the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 23 that we explored yesterday. Jesus strongly rebuked them before the masses, saying they'd high up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Why is it that people apply oppressive measures on the necks of people? In a word, control. Across the pages of world history, this story is told over and over and over again. Often, oppression starts with a lie to desperate people. In the case of Nazi Germany, the German people were living under the weight and retribution of Europe for what their ruling class told them to do during World War I. Now they were starving. There was no work. Their money was a joke, practically not even worth the paper that it was printed on and you could barely buy a loaf of bread. The German people, who had at one time been viewed as an important European power, were now the pariah of Europe. If other Europeans saw them, they would spit upon them. They were licking the bottom of the trash can, and their future looked bleak. And then a man came forth with a vision. And he wrote a book about his vision of a new Germany, a prosperous Germany. And this man and his compatriots sold their pack of lies to a desperate people who wanted to grasp as something to lift them up. That man was evil personified Adolf Hitler. Once he found footing, then the pressure to conform was instituted and those who pushed back were quickly dealt with. They often disappeared or had fatal accidents. People learned very quickly to fear Hitler and his minions. These religious leaders that Jesus was confronting were representatives of the living God, but they did not help the people. They did not serve the people. Their hearts and their motives were corrupt. They were in it for themselves, for the money and for the prestige. They wanted fame and fortune, and the only way they could get it was to climb on the backs of other people, to push others down, to raise themselves up. Their life was a lie, and it was an abomination to God. You know, God is so merciful. He gave all of us his standard of how to live, such as the Ten Commandments and the other teachings that he instructed 
Moses to teach the newly released Hebrew slaves from Egypt. God did not give them the Ten Commandments and all those other instructions to make their life difficult and unbearable. He did so so that those people would not screw up and grieve him. He knew that these people had no idea how to rightly worship and interact with the holy, righteous God, not because they were stupid, but because they had been born, raised, and indoctrinated in a pagan culture. God was merciful in giving them a roadmap of how to live holy lives of righteousness, and He even gave them a way to atone when they messed up. So now Jesus has come. He is the Messiah, and the people are excited, and they are hungry to learn. Yet, here are a group of people who are supposed to be God's representative, but they are not excited about God's faithfulness. And this is where we enter today's chapter. So as I read, allow God's words to wash over you and through you, and trust the Holy Spirit to help you unpack what is here. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life today. Luke chapter 11, the Lord's Prayer. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Jesus and Beelzebub Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demon by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. While others to test him kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. 
But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub. But if I cast out demon by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Return of an Unclean Spirit When an unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. True Blessedness As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The Sign of Jonah When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Noah. For as Noah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The Light in You No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Woe to the Pharisees and lawyers! While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, So he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. 
And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness, you fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without even knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us too. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers, also. You load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you. For you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers. For they killed them, and you built their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Once again, in this chapter, there's just so much here. Were you able to understand the similarity of Jonah and Jesus and why Jonah's generation will rise up at the judgment with that generation and condemn it. Likewise, I wonder which generations will rise up at the judgment against our generations who have had the word of God at our fingertips and now with the flick of a finger on our devices, yet we give so little consideration or concern to God's word. We find our verse today in the section of the woes to the Pharisees and lawyers. Verse 46, And he said to them, Woe to you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. It's very similar to what we heard yesterday in Matthew 23. Here Jesus addresses the woe to the lawyer instead of to the scribes. And when I looked up, the differences. It appears that a scribe was one who wrote down matters concerning the law, whereas a lawyer was a teacher of the law. Again, these people, along with the Pharisees, were entrusted with God's holy word. They literally had the Bible available to look at and to read whenever they wanted.
Because they had the knowledge, they had a greater responsibility to not just mouth the words, but to put them into action. Yet, they didn't live that way. Which leads me again to ponder, are these woes that Jesus is proclaiming over the Pharisees, scribes, and lawyers also to those of us who have God's words in our homes, on our phones, and yet are not living lives of righteousness before the Lord. And just another thought, it struck me odd that Jesus is speaking to the light in you as well as the return of the unclean spirit. They just sort of seem out of order. I do think that Jesus is addressing these messages to all of us who have heard the living word, yet are holding it close and not allowing our lives to be transformed by the into a useful purpose for God's glory. Yes, the light of God should be glowing in our lives so that it illuminates the world around us. And the one about the unclean spirit gives me great pause. Jesus' mercy and grace at the cross gives us a totally clean slate, or in this parable, the house is cleaned out, including the evil spirit that was cluttering up our life before we first believed that Jesus was our Savior. That evil spirit, that unclean spirit, is out there looking for another host, and then it decides to return to check in on its previous host that one who believed in Jesus for a moment of time, but then never opened the Bible, never engaged with the living Word of God, and never invited the Holy Spirit to set up house inside of him. That unclean spirit finds a cleared-up space and no one in residence. So he goes out to gather other unclean spirits to inhabit that space. Whoa, whoa. Seriously, whoa, that should not be. Let's be faithful to fill our lives with Jesus, God's living word, and to worship the Lord God, to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Let's make sure that if any unclean spirit wanders by, they will only see a no vacancy sign flashing and move on.